obsessed with all things ovine, there is seriously something about sheep and always something new to learn about keeping, breeding and farming them. Welcome to the Sheep Show podcast. I'm Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm and Sheep Stud and your host. The Sheep Show podcast exists to help you no matter where you are in the world, what sheep you breed, what size your flock is. This podcast will help your sheep knowledge and your shepherding confidence grow. And it's a two-way street. I love to hear from you and find out how your sheep journey is going. Contact me via Instagram at Halston Valley Farm or via email jill at halstonvalleyfarm.com.au. Come along on this episode as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together. Scabby mouth, contagious ectema, or pulsular dermatitis, or as I call them, cold sores in sheep. <laughs> These are a, a, a huge issue that are well worth exploring and looking at how can we prevent it and what can we do about it if we actually get it in our sheep? And indeed, another word that perhaps is worth talking about here is the human version, which is called ORF. That's O-R-F, which is when this particular virus transfers from sheep to human and uh, causes lesions on us, our, particularly our, our hands, but it can actually be anywhere, but particularly our hands and fingers, we can actually experience this. So it's a zoonotic disease as well. So human to human transmission is unlikely, but sheep to human is very likely. So let's look at what it is, and then we'll have a look at all the different other nuances of this particular uh, disease. For the purposes of the podcast, we're going to call it scabby mouth. So scabby mouth in sheep, as I said, or in humans, just the correct term. So um, those are the ones we'll particularly use today. And it's been around for a very long time. My dad talked about it um, quite frequently. And, you know, if you remember from some of the previous podcast episodes, his his one one, uh, solution that he uses for everything is uh, Jill put diesel on it, uh, which I haven't tried, by the way. It's one of the solutions I haven't actually tried, but it really causes issues around productivity, profitability, and it's ugly. Obviously, it's contagious to us as humans, but it causes ill thrift. It can actually have lots of secondary issues in our sheep as well. So well worth sort of being aware of and getting to the to the bottom of it. So what is it? It's a it's a virus. So a, a herpes based infection. Hence, I call it cold sores in sheep. It um, often develops or grows on damaged skin and particularly starting around the lips of the lips and mouth, the corners of the lips. I often see in the corners of the mouth, I often see it on on sheep Uh, and particularly summer seems to be the time. And of course, often for us uh, in, in Australia, anyway, in summer, we I've got lots of weaned lambs on the ground. So they're highly vulnerable 
for anything. And of course, they will pick this particular up, this particular disease up. And it lives in the ground, if you like. It's a, it's a virus that sort of is in the environment. And um, it can, it goes, basically it gets carried from one farm to the other farm via animals. So a sheep will bring it onto your farm and then transfer it into the environment. And then from that can then go into other sheep. And it, um, those damaged skin can be caused again in summer where we have lots of coarse pasture. For us, it's blackberries, but also thistles. And I'm sure for a lot of you, it might be even where they're grazing on stubble and things like that. But for us, definitely, it's more that blackberries. And we find our lambs do like blackberries a lot, which is kind of a good thing. But it does mean that their lips are going to be scratched. And that is a classic environmental precursor to creating an environment for scabby mouth to sort of take hold of this virus to, to, to take hold. So that's what we actually we actually see. So they're they're more vulnerable where they've got those abrasions or those little scratches around their mouth. And um you also find it, you know, if this is lots of crowding, so feedlot environments are highly prone to, to this virus as well. As perhaps I, I suppose you're going to see it in, you know, containments and things like that. So what you'll start to see is scabs on the mouth and lips. It can also appear on the face generally. Um, feet and I I know um, I've talked to a few breeders who've had it on teats and udders as well and even sometimes on rams poles so around their heads and of course it can really limit their um, ability to to feed particularly again in those highly vulnerable times when you've just weaned lambs and you want them to be able to, to do well and get their rumen working Scabby mouth can mean that they don't eat as much, don't eat as um, as prolifically, and they just go downhill. They really, really go downhill. I mean, the good news is it will just take its course, but it can take a couple of weeks. So you will get animals who just bounce back, but you'll also have an impact. It can create quite a significant impact to to um to the workings of a farm and and to the life of an animal and the welfare of an animal as well so it can be quite a quite an issue um so let's uh yeah let, let's sort of have have a look at it and I, I really i do i do i feel so sorry for these poor animals that get it because it looks looks and it looks like it's going to be really sore i know what it's like when i have a cold sore it's really annoying you know it's scabby it's it oozing sometimes. Oh, it really, really can can be awful, and uh, I mean, it really it must be not comfortable for them uh, as well. You'll start to see a often a little red ulcer start again, much like a cold sore, often around the lips, as I said, um, and then it can start to become wart like. So it sort of goes from this little ulcer, this little very bloody red also to more of a wart-like lesion um, a watery blister or the um uh it comes from that word um a pulsulate so it's a, you know a, a lesion or a, a pulsular 
and that can rupture then into thick brown wart-like scabs or or lesions and of course that can actually create or cover the whole mouth and sometimes even I've had it unfortunately in nostrils of of a lamb which is awful again so really really awful and if it does impact their feet then they can become lame and if it does impact um, use udders they can develop mastitis as well because they're not be the lambs not feeding on that particular udder so again all these secondary conditions can actually uh, can actually occur so that's what it is as I said it's really quite common for us we I don't think we had it and then we bought sheep from lots of different places of which I knew some of them had scabby mouth as a, as a sort of an annual um, issue and it came with those particular sheep and you know what it is what it is it was going to come sooner or later unless you have a very closed flock you're going to end up with it at some stage so it's just one of those it's one of those things um so a lot of people will say just let it take its course but I'm I'm really wanting to share with you today some solutions that I have tried and have had success with so um, one of them is prevention so let's look at that now how can you actually prevent it now I think we'll have a we'll have a podcast on this particular topic at another date, but I, but one of the preventative measures that I have tried and it has worked for me is salt. So giving, particularly I've seen it in my really young lambs, the start of those little ulcers, really increased or given them salt, allowing them to sort of nibble on salt, and that has nipped it in the bud so really stopped it from progressing so I find that quite amazing and I think as I said we'll perhaps do a podcast just on salt and sheep because I think it's a really interesting topic and something that we as shepherds and uh, sheep farmers really need to start to think about how can we ensure that we we use salt effectively for the health and well-being of our sheep so yes podcast for another day but using salt in the environment, particularly again when we're weaning, vulnerable stock, and when we're in that summer sort of period, I think is a really good strategy to use and, and definitely something that I need to get better at. I do it from time to time, but I need to be much more consistent with it as well. And as I said, it did work to sort of nip it in the bud really, really early. You can, of course, get a, a virus, scabby vax which is a little scrape. And if you are going to export your sheep, this is Australian now I'm talking, you will need to have your sheep vaccinated for scabby mouth. So that's something to, to sort of think about. And of course you can get that if you if you want to. I don't. I, I, I think I perhaps give my little lambs in particular enough vaccines without doing more. And of course there's a cost that uh, would, would be incurred with that particular vaccine as well. Of course, having... Um, more softer palatable feed in an ideal world would again reduce the likelihood for scratches or scrapes on the mouth so again that would help Um, and then where we can have high immunity high nutrition so really thinking of that animal's immune system as strong and healthy as possible and again, what I find often is that sheep who've traveled, they're, you know, they've been off feed, they've probably been exposed to lots of other environmental things, and then they come onto my property and then they're a bit sort of down. 
and I might not have given them a boost. They might be in quarantine. I might have given them a drench, which is going to impact their um, rumen, and then they get scabby mouth. So it's like a comedy of errors. So again, trying to keep immunity and health really strong. So anything that we can do there to um, to sort of prevent it from happening in the first place. So again, that can be really good to, to sort of think about it. I mean, the other good news with, with scabby mouth is that when they get it, supposedly anyway, they get lifelong immunity to it. And that actually is the same with us. If we as humans get off, we have lifelong immunity to it as well. So again, it's just one of those things. So um, from from that point of view, hence the scabby vax is like a little scratch, which gives them uh, a little bit of a dose of it, much like a lot of vaccines work anyway. So, so to, to introduce it to the environment there. Uh, and then I suppose the, the other thing is, all sheep can get it. I know I've been talking a lot about vulnerable sheep and, and wieners and things like that, but actually sheep of all ages can can get it. I Again, I find where I get it in my older ewe flock is at uh, weaning where there are immunity is very depressed because they have been lactating for three months and then you often put them on poor feed to dry up their udder to prevent mastitis and, of course, that means that they have a little bit of a dip in their immunity, which of course can mean that they can be open to viruses, which of course that's what scabby mouth is. It's a virus. You know, dare I mention pandemics, scabby mouth pandemics. Hopefully not. But that's kind of what happens. Literally one one animal gets it and then it just goes right through your flock. And uh, it's it's really quite Oh, it is quite depressing. I have to say, I do find it quite depressing when I when I get it from time to time. And I have it, had it. I've had it some seasons, not at all, and it seems to be quite strange. And some seasons, it seems to be absolutely dreadful and going on for ages and ages and ages. And everything actually gets it. Last year was a classic example where I had just tons and tons of scabbing mouth. This is when I had the scabbing mouth up. Up a lot, up a nostrils, up the nostrils of a particular lamb. But again, I was thinking to myself, okay, well, there are no shows. I'm not going to be moving my sheep because we're all in lockdown and, and the like. So that was quite good. And I was thinking, okay, this means that every lamb on my place has now got immunity to this particular um, thing. So any any lamb that I sell, for example, goes with that immunity as well. So that's quite good. So it's just like a blessing in disguise sometimes, and that's the way to sort of to think about it. Um, but it is incredibly fast spreading. Um, you, you know, so, so it's, it's going to move through your flock very, very quickly. So what do we do about it then? Can we actually do something about it when our animals get it, if they indeed get it? And the solution, believe it or not, is to do something to dry up the lesions and hence my dad's remedy of putting diesel on it of course diesel is going to literally dry up that whole area but of course it might have other unwanted consequences so a another solution that has been tried by me is a wash and the wash is a mixture of copper sulfate which is a blue sort of grain granular product 
and apple cider vinegar. And you can, you can mix, mix it up together, rub it on the lesion, rub it on the face, and effectively it cures it almost instantly. Yeah, almost instantly. Or just repeat it until it is gone. Like that lamb that I was talking about that had it up its nostrils, it, it healed it. It really did actually work. So in some instances, I will kind of keep quarantine that particular animal and then just keep applying the solution as much as I actually need. The only area you might need to be just a bit careful about is, you know, around the eyes. If that lesion, if those lesions have sort of moved beyond the, the mouth and the nostrils and you put it on the, the eyes. And I know a lot of people kind of get quite scared with using copper with their animals, but I can tell you I dosed them in this and no one died. No sheep died as a result of copper poisoning. Um, in fact, this is, it's a good thing for them to get a bit of a dose when you do put the wash on their mouths in particular, because of course, copper can help with lots of other, it's essential. Sheep need some copper. Um, and much like even something like salt, you know, if salt is in too high of doses, it's going to be toxic. Selenium, if it's in too high of doses, it's going to be toxic to sheep. And copper is exactly the same, but copper is necessary. So they actually do need it as well. So obviously being a zoonotic disease, you don't want to just shove your face, your hand all over their face with all the lesions, because that's a surefire way of you getting the human version off. But what you do want to do is use proper protective equipment. And when I say that, I really mean that, you know, a glove is great, but I would even go with a um, sleeve length milking glove. So one of the ones you might be using for lambing. So because it splashes, this stuff, this wash splashes a lot and, um, yeah, I got some splashes and, you know, sheep move and you get brushed against their their lesions. And anyway, you don't want that to happen. And particularly if you've got any cuts on your hands or your fingers or your arms, it's going to enter your, your system as well. So proper PPE, personal protective equipment, that is, um, I, I would go with a, a sleeve length or elbow length glove and then... The, those little disposable um, latex gloves and then use that to administer it on the on the animal's face and just wash them in it. You can dip their face in it as another option, but all I did was I just cut, took scoops of it in my hand and rubbed it onto their face and I found that that was a really good solution. And as I said, dealt with it instantly, dried it up instantly. I actually could not believe how quickly it worked. It was quite quite incredible and I was nervous because it, it was copper and I am very aware of, of issues so you know I was sort of uh, just a little bit nervous but um, you know at, at this stage working with the, the sheep that I had last year I was willing to try anything I really really was and uh, it worked and I was really quite quite happy for um, for that, obviously, some people just say let it let it take its course, and it it will go away without a doubt. It does go away, but of course, at what cost? What cost from a an animal well being point of view, and from a productivity point of view? 
So from that point of view, we want to try and reduce the impact of the disease as much as we possibly can. Also, I suppose that the, 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 there are going to be low levels of this virus in the, in the environment anyway. So if we can get rid of the infection, then we reduce the virus that's going to be on your farm effectively. So the quicker you get rid of it, the quicker you can manage your environmental risk as well. Um, so from, from that point of view, uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good thing as well. So there you go. I'm interested in any experiences, as always, that you might have had with Scabby Mouth and any solutions. Have you tried the diesel? I'm interested in that. Have you tried the diesel for anything at all? Um, this, uh, By the way, this same um, swash or solution is also used for ringworm. Now, I've actually never seen ringworm in sheep, but I have seen plenty of ringworm in cattle. It's very common in cattle. And I think I use PinoClean as a wash. So if, if, you're, if, you're, if you didn't have any copper sulfate uh, and you needed to sort of do something very, very quickly, you, it might be no harm to try something like PinoClean because as I said, it did work really well for the cattle that I used it on when I had ringworm in my, in my cattle. And um, yeah, it might actually work for sheep given that, again, the idea is we want to dry up the disease and dry up the um, the actual virus as much as we possibly can and as quickly as we possibly can um, as well. So um, ringworm is a, a fungus, by the way, not a worm, just so you're clear on that. And um, But it does look like a coiled worm when you actually see it on the face. And it is, it is on... on it's less heard of in sheep than in cattle and uh, definitely, definitely less heard of than our old friend Scabby Mouth. So there you go. Good luck. And you can also do this. I know I've been talking about the mouth. You can also obviously use this same wash on uh, feet or any area of your sheep's body as well. So um, from that point of view, you, you know, you can easily use it anywhere else on uh, on their body f to help with the cure and again speed up that cure so um yeah good luck hopefully you don't get it but invariably we we all um experience these things from time to time but there you go salt as my top tip for preventing it and salt and increasing their well-being and health for me, things like seaweed, for example, obviously nutritious feed, clean water, the usual will really help with their immunity. And then if you do get it, treating it with your copper sulfate and your apple cider vinegar wash. And just enough, I find, just enough to make a paste so that you could actually apply it and it will sort of stay on the mouth. That's what I did anyway, which is probably overkill. You could dip, dip them in it, um, dip their face in it if it was their face. So there you go. Good luck. And do watch yourself because it's highly contagious to humans as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sheep Show podcast. Want to make a difference to a farmer today? Why not buy direct? At Holston Valley Farm, we supply whole lamb cut and professionally packed to Victorians in Australia and ready for your family to savour. Place your order today at 
www.holstonvalleyfarm.com. And how's your sheep journey going? Contact me via Instagram at Holston Valley Farm or via email jill at holstonvalleyfarm.com.au. And until next time, sheep well. <laughs>